They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poet's part Bright light city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down I just happen to come up hard Legal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it what is up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're listening to the Powercast. And today we will be recapping Power Book Two Ghost Season Three, Episode Eight. And the title of the episode was Sacrifice. And I have the coalition uh, team here with me. Um, this was a, a an amazing episode. Like, wow, the way it ended, wow, like. You know, well, what can I say? Like, this is going to be a good episode. We're going to have a lot to say about this. Um, but yeah, I am here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr., aka Treatment Technician. How are you, Richard? Doing pretty good, Gary. Uh, I was on the phone with Sax telling him that his brother, he's been lying about the treatment. So obviously, they didn't have enough money in the budget for me to appear on camera. But here I am to talk about what I did in the episode today. <laughs> oh, uh, I hope they get that budget right. I've been hearing about <laughs> strikes, strikes and stuff, so they need to get that right. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we are also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie, aka Rico. If you're if you're nasty, case. <laughs> the case is coming together, and you know, if you're nasty, we we're ready for you. Got that Rico together, <laughs> but but yeah, um, and I am Immortal Sax, as you see my name on. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see all of our you know nicknames. I'm Immortal Sax. Um, it's been a running joke on this show that Sax will never die. Well, today, I'm I'm, I'm sad to say, but it happened. Sax is, is he's finally no more. Like what? I, I never thought I'd see this day. Like this guy's been around since like season one of Power, and he's like, you know, he's always he always survives. He's like a cockroach, you know. He's he's always living until today. Um. So yeah, that's that's a a major. It's a big deal. Like we're gonna have some major uh, conversation about Sax and his role in the show and how it's come to an end and everything like that. So yeah, there's gonna be lots to say, but. Before we get to our takeaways, friendly reminder to the people, please do leave your comments. Let us know what you think down below in the comments, um, whether it's good or bad. You know, we want to hear from everyone. Uh, please do hit the like button if you enjoy, you know, listening to the discussion and everything. And uh, also uh, hit the subscribe button and the bell to get notified when, when a new video goes live. And also check out the Coalition Entertainment and the coalition gaming. But um yeah, so that's the house cleaning out the way. Let's get right to the discussion because I know everybody wants to hear what we gotta say about this one. Um so yeah, uh we're gonna go to Richard first this week for his takeaways. So Rich, when you're ready, let us let us know your takeaways. Absolutely. So first and foremost, let me say, uh, I thought this was a, a, a this was a great episode of Power. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any critiques. I know I, I had some critiques last week and I did see some of the comments. And yeah, I understand. And I, I'm glad everybody is able to have an opinion on the show. 
But this episode, by far, a, a, a much better episode, an excellent episode. I do have two main takeaways I want to talk about today, but I also have a few other quick things I will mention as, as well. So going right into the takeaways, obviously, as Gary already mentioned, uh, his name is Immortal Sax. So we have to talk about what happened with Sax in this episode. And the reason why I enjoyed the episode, it's not so much that the character died, it's more so of how they set this whole thing up from the very beginning. There was a lot of foreshadowing, obviously, to tell Sax to be careful. And obviously, it led to this end result of him being taken out. But the surprise is in who took him out. And that was what I did not expect. So let me just start off by saying, yeah, the storyline starts out. We do see when the episode starts that uh, Davis is, he's a little bit, he's a little wasted, obviously, because he did get Theo out last week. And Theo told him because he knew he did something illegal to get him out. He didn't want to have anything to do with him. He didn't want to talk to him. So obviously, Davis is not taking that news well. And th this is when Sax comes in to try to console him. And at this point, you know, Sax obviously needs to get some information for Jenny and Blanco because he is the CI. So you understand why he's basically trying to get on Davis's good side so he can use it to his advantage later. Now, what ends up happening is to go from what happened last week, Diana, obviously she was arrested. We saw that she's taken into custody and, you know, basically Monet calls Davis to ask for him to, to tell him to get down to the precinct to represent as her uh, attorney. And obviously Davis is a little wasted. So he tells Sachs, all right, Sachs, you can go in and do that. Now, right after he tells Sachs that information, this is when, you know, he basically starts talking to Tariq. And Tariq pays him a visit and tells him Sachs is a rat. He knows what's been happening. There's a RICO investigation going on that we're all involved in. And obviously, and let me just say this. Now, I laugh. When Davis found out, I did laugh at that scene because it's like Davis all of a sudden he pulled out that gun like he was going to go kill Sachs. I mean, I thought that was pretty hilarious because this this is the reaction. Like like all of a sudden, you know, Davis is a lawyer. He has to be, he has he has to be professional. But all of a sudden now he's ghetto straight up. Get the gun and let me go take this guy out. I thought that was hilarious. But that's excellent. Method man, excellent job acting for sure. But obviously, uh, Tariq reminds him, you can't go about it that way because we're all being watched carefully. And then from there, as the episode expands, you see that uh, he basically does go to the precinct and he is able to get there in time where him and Sax have to go in and question Diana. And of course, he makes sure that Sax doesn't get any information, but he also does give Diana that, that note basically saying, you know, make sure you tell him that Effie was involved, that Effie put all this on Effie. And of course, I'll get into that in a, in a, in a little bit, but pretty much Sax does this information. They decide to go look into what's happening with Effie. And as we see what happens with Effie is that uh, pretty much when they try to pick her up with the whole setup that they did, uh, they find out that it, that is sugar and it's not product. She did have the cups, but she had, but there was sugar, there was sugar in the warehouse. So that was a, a very good plan, I would say. Um, but obviously Sax, they're not, Jenny is not happy with Sax after that. And of course she tells him, oh, you can't be protected anymore. All this other stuff. She actually thinks that he was involved in all of this. He's a part of this RICO investigation, so on and so forth. So again, 
at this point in the episode, you know something is going to happen to Saks because they will tell you over and over again, are you sure you want to do this? You know, once you do this, you're going to be exposed. And he's like, yep, yep, yep. But again, the surprise factor is in how they tied it to Theo Rollins, because this is a character. And obviously, we've already said on this show, we didn't like that Red Man does not, he's not playing the same role that he was. He's no longer part of the show, which is unfortunate. But uh, with Theo Rollins, I like how they tied it together, because again, this is a guy that was telling Sax the whole time, as well as he was telling him that he was getting a whole bunch of treatment done, that he was that the treatment that the that the experimental treatments were working. He would tell it, he was telling his brother that he took went to an appointment, so on and so forth, and lying this entire time. So basically he has he does tell him when he has sacks out at gunpoint, I only got a month left. So really he has no reason to live, but yet we, Davis made the mistake of of telling him that oh yeah, Sachs is is working with the feds, and then that's pretty much why he's the one that decides, well. I'm going to clean up this mess that you created. And so he shoots and kills Sax and then shoots and kills himself. Now that was, yes, there was a lot going on in that scene. I looked at the the, the reaction that Tariq had on his face after this. That was like, wow, just pure shock. And of course, Davis, Method Man with the very dramatic acting. No, no, yes, it's a horrible outcome, but it made for a very good story being told because they tied everything up together and the whole fact that Sachs helped Davis to try to get Theo out. And then and this is the favorite that got returned. Uh, so the one last thing I will say about Sachs though, and this is something I guess that we need to pay attention to, when, he, when Sachs figures out that he's been made, he does send Tariq a message. It says, if something happens to me, you will never find out where Tasha and Yaz are at. So very interesting message. Um, we have to see where they're going with that. But obviously, Sax didn't make it out at the end. We will give a salute to Shane Johnson, who played the character, because as you said, Gary, he's been around on the show since the very beginning. So it kind of feels like they needed to kill a character of, you know, who's been around for, for a long time. And, and that's why I think that worked very well in their favor in this episode. So excellent job on that. My other second takeaway that I want to get into is, again, Effie in this particular episode, really, this episode to me felt like it was more so about Effie as well as Sax. Their storylines were like the central focus of this episode. We have other stuff that happened too, obviously. But for me, I, I think these storylines pretty much were the most prominent. And of course, with Effie, the whole thing is that, you know, finally, everybody has been waiting for Kane and Effie to become something, and it happened in this episode. Now, I will say this, Kane, uh, he did go to Stansfield looking for information on Diana. I'm glad that they made Monet self-aware to tell him, listen, I don't care who you're messing around with, but we got business to, to focus on now. Because I, I, I thought that was that was pretty funny. He, you know, he goes up there, and then you end up getting caught up with Effie. And listen, it's all good, because they, they, they've been teasing for the longest time. These two were going to get together. That happened. But yes, Kane, you need to know your priorities, obviously. You need to pay attention. But pretty much, I want to give a shout out to Jeremiah Lutumba because he predicted in the comments section last week, oh yeah, Monet and Tariq are going to set up Effie. And that's exactly what happened in this episode. They used her to set as a setup. Once they knew about the RICO investigation, everything was in motion with all of that stuff. And they didn't tell her about it, which obviously 
she didn't like that they didn't tell her about it, but she did say, I would have I would have did the exact same thing to one of y'all, so it's fine. But really, I kind of feel like she still feel a, a type of way about that. So I want to see how that impacts how she interacts with other characters moving forward. But again, at the end of this episode, once again, because they have been building this up the entire season, finally, they do arrest Effie because she attempted to murder Lauren. And then you had that scene where they bring her outside and Lauren says, yes, that's that's the one that tried to kill me, you know, all this other stuff. And yeah, I thought that was excellent. Again, it's a nice buildup. And it's, it's funny because in early in the episode, we saw them attempting to arrest Effie. But then by the end of the episode, she is arrested. So it's kind of like, yeah, that's uh, she went through a lot in this episode. But um, I'm very curious to see what happens to her from here on out. Obviously, you know, we we, we, we were wondering if Diana was going to say anything about the Tejadas when they brought her in for questioning in this episode. That did not happen. But I'm very curious now to see if Effie might say something. I mean, I guess we have to wait and see next week. But uh. Yeah, those are my two main takeaways. But now let me just make two quick comments here, okay? And then I want to go to whoever is next. Brayden, in this episode, uh, pretty much the discussion we had last week, it played out exactly as we discussed. You know, Brayden told Tariq, obviously Tariq was very angry. He tells RSJ, and now they are basically trying to get their money back from Lucas. So we'll see what happens with that. I also find it interesting how they brought Tate into this as well saying that he was taking money from them. He took a donation from the Westings. Uh, and pretty much that's a problem as well, because you saw that Harper did not like that. So uh, we'll see what happens, because we already know how Tate is as a character. He has to win at all costs. So we'll see what happens. And lastly, uh, Drew, in this episode. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, first and foremost, they did address that uh, Gordo was missing. Evelyn and the Castillo brothers are obviously worried about the whereabouts of their brother. We know what happened to him in the last episode. But again, Drew happens to turn on the TV and see Everett, who finally has decided to come out and show his new white boyfriend to the audience. Obviously, Drew was beside himself, very angry with how this played out. And I did laugh when I saw that because I was like, yeah, you know, I know they, they talked a lot about race this season. So I thought that was very interesting that the boyfriend was white. So that was very, listen, this this is great. This was great. It was entertaining. And then obviously Drew does start to drink. He goes to that bar and then he runs into Everett and he has a moment. And somehow somebody is filming this. It becomes viral. And now it's Evelyn and one of the Gordo, one of Gordo's brothers see it. So now they question what's going on with Drew because he told him that everything was fine with Gordo. So I look forward to see what happens next week. But uh, overall, I thought this was a fantastic episode. Uh, and again, I'm glad to see that the episodes are getting better and better as we get towards the end of the season. So I look forward to seeing what happens next week. Oh yeah, excellent takeaways. Um, yeah, you, you definitely summarized like the the main two things because, like you said, this episode focused heavy on uh, Effie and Sax. Like the, those were like the two big things going on. But um, yeah, great points, great observations as always. Um, and it is my turn to go first now. Um, so I'll go ahead and go first, and we'll 
discuss some of those things you mentioned uh, a little later. But um, so uh, first takeaway for me, you know, obviously the sacks, you know, uh, Rich kind of broke it down. I don't know if I can do a better job than that, but, you know, I, I can't believe he's finally gone. Like I wasn't expecting this. I thought, you know, I, I, I knew the pressure was getting to him, you know, especially after um, seeing how things were, were developing with him, you know, being the, the, uh, the CI, the snitch and everything. Um, it seemed like it was very much catching up to him. And of course, you know, in the last episode, Tariq finds out at the end when he talks to Lauren that, you know, Sachs is the mole, that he, you know, he's playing both sides. So I knew that the pressure was going to catch up to him in this episode. And of course, you know, right out the bat, we see Tariq tell Davis McLean, um, you know, that Sachs is is the mole, you know. And, and, and like you said, Rich, that was funny to see uh professional davis mclean you know get get slightly ratchet a little bit and go for his gun immediately um but but yeah um obviously there was only so much he he could do and throughout the episode we see him trying to hide the fact that he knows um sax is you know playing both sides um and that scene with diana uh the interrogation scene that was that was a uh, pretty funny to watch with them both like Sax and Davis both talk talking over each other and stuff, and of course he slips Diana the note to to uh you know tell her to put everything on Effie. Um, so yeah, the the, the whole dynamic between Sax and, and Davis was great to watch. Um, and and uh, Rich said it already that you know um, Method Man did a great job, but I definitely wanted to reiterate that. And say, you know, I want to give Method Man his flowers for playing this character because he's doing an amazing job with the acting, like the way he portrays the character. Um, he's doing amazing work on this show, um, I think, you know, and he, he was great in The Wire. But like this, you know, this is almost like a defining role for him because he's like he's not just playing a criminal. He's playing a character with layers and, you know, other things going on. You know, he's got the whole Theo Rollins thing going on and, so I think he's doing a great job as uh, Davis McLean, and I hope he's around much longer in the show. But um, yeah, and then, you know, to, to, to finally, well, first of all, you know, we see the pressure starting to get more and more heavy on, on Sachs. You know, there's that moment where he's talking to Jenny. I think this is after uh, they raid the house and, and they find the sugar and everything. And that is the moment when Sax knows that, you know, he's kind of screwed now because obviously it means that, you know, the criminals know something, um, you know, the Tahadas and Tariq, they know that they're onto them. So he knows that they probably are aware of him being the snitch at that point. And, you know, we kind of see him kind of, you know, go, he, he's, he's trying to stay cool a little bit. And then, you know, he's also going through the, going through the whole thing with Jenny at the same time, he tries to, to, to act like he's cool, but you can see that it's, you know, it's clearly, there's clearly some concern there. And as soon as he walks out of the building, he's sending Tariq uh, a voice note um, to let him know, I know where your family are. So if anything happens to me, you know, that information dies. Um, so he's already, he, he's already like guessed that, 
they're they're onto him and that they might try to get rid of him at that point. And then, you know, seeing him get in the car and Theo Rowling's is behind him, like, you know, that was that was a shocker because after everything Sachs did to, to help him get out, like that was one of the, you know, solid things that he actually did do um in this season. And of course he did it for leverage because he wanted to seem like he was doing his job with with uh Davis McLean and stuff. But still, you know, just to see that Theo Rawlings is the one that kind of acts upon the information is, you know, pretty interesting. And then and then we see it happen at the helipad. You know, he takes him to the helipad. Uh Davis and Tariq catch up to them. And yeah, like what a scene that was. Um you know, with it being at the helipad as well, because they kind of set that up in the previous episode by, you know, taking uh, Theo Rowling's to and, and Davis McLean. They were there. Um, and that was supposed to be like their little victory lap of him getting out. But of course they had, you know, he, he was kind of upset at Davis for for doing bad things to get him out or whatever. Um, so the fact that they went back there, that was very poetic, like, you know, that he chose to that's where he chose to go to to end Sax's life and then end his own um and yeah I feel like Theo Rawlings was the perfect character to to do this because now you know none of the main characters um are gonna go down for Sax's murder Theo Rawlings was kind of a side character anyway even though he's important to Davis McLean but he was kind of a side character so it's like, you know, him taking out Sax is like now one of the, the, the main characters won't have to go down for this. Um, and, you know, as a viewer, we don't really lose much. Now, that could also be a complaint because maybe people wanted to see somebody else get revenge on Sax. You know, maybe maybe people wanted to see, you know, Tariq or, you know, Davis McLean take him out or something like that. But I, I just feel like it wouldn't have been the way to do it and plus it's i don't know like um it, it it would be out of character for Tariq. you know after after sax sent that voicemail i feel like you know Tariq would be actually concerned about his family at that point so i don't think he would take out sax after that and you know davis mclean i just feel like you know it would be i don't know it would be kind of weird for him um of all people to to take out Sacks, even though even though he's justified, I guess, because he he snaked him. But at the same time, you know, the situation with his brother, you know, Theo Rollings did get out. So I feel like he wouldn't, you know, and, and Theo Rollings was already mad at him for doing bad things and stuff. So I, I feel like he would have a moment of anger like he did when he got the gun. But I feel like after that, he would calm down and not kill Sacks. So Theo Rawlings, I think, was the perfect person for this. And, you know, it all, it, it like, I have to give him credit because I do, I know I am critical of the writing in the show sometimes, but I feel like they did a good job setting up this particular moment, like, throughout the season because there was a lot of build-up to this particular storyline and this moment. So I, I hand it to them. Uh, but, yeah, that's it, man. Sax is finally gone. He's, he's not immortal no more. Now he's a mere mortal. You know, because he, he passed away. He's dead. You know, he's gone. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. Um, I want to see 
what the fallout is going to be over this uh, next week. I'm pretty sure Jenny Sullivan is going to be very upset about this and she's probably going to, um, you know, she, it, this is going to want to like, she, she's going to want to go after Tariq and, and the Tahadas even more. I think um, it's going to put a battery in her back, you know, and, and Davis McLean also. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, once again, Method Man did a great job with the reactions as well, you know, breaking down in tears and yelling and stuff. Like he did a great job with that. Um, you know, some might say he was overacting, but I don't think so. I think his reaction was perfect, you know, for, for the situation. So, yeah, very interesting uh, with that. I can't wait to see what the people say about Sax's death. Um, so second takeaway, uh, we see that both Kane and Effie, you know, at the very end, they found out that Lauren is still alive, you know, once... You know, once Effie gets busted for the second time, you know, this time it's for Lauren, for, for the attempted murder on Lauren. And, you know, they, they uh, roll down the window and they see that Lauren's alive. You know, Kane sees her and runs away. Um, so this is going to be very interesting now. Now that Kane knows that she's alive, you know, because Effie's she, she's on the inside now. So it is what it is there. We're going to talk about what we think will happen. But Kane is is on the outside and he knows now that Lauren is alive. And I think probably one of the first people he's going to go to is Tariq. And we know that Tariq knows about, you know, he knows that she's alive already. So I, I wonder what Tariq's response will be to Kane when he brings this up. And like, Kane, I think if, if he tells Kane that he, he knew she was alive all this time, Kane is not going to be very happy. I think that's going to uh, lead to some sort of altercation between the two. So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how that affects the dynamic between Kane and Tariq. Um, because, you know, Lauren being alive is a very um, pivotal piece of of information. Now, we know that Tariq kind of, um, he, he's told Lauren to kind of like fall back and not, give give them too much information but lauren does hold a grudge against effie so i'm wondering how much lauren will actually end up talking because she knows a lot about effie and kane she can implicate them directly so and and you know she might choose to to spare Tariq because she has that relationship with him so um it's going to get very uh very dicey, you know, it's going to get very interesting seeing how all of this plays out now um, in, you know, the next two episodes. But um, yeah, and also Kane and Effie finally getting together, that was interesting. They've been, that's another thing they've been kind of building up all season. And um, now it's finally, finally happened. <laughs> I can't wait to see what Dana has to say about it because she keeps like <laughs> making up her face when we mention it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm a hundred percent for this at all. Like this, uh, you know, relationship between these two is, it's kind of weird, especially because Effie just got out of a relationship with Tariq, but at the same time, things move quickly in power, especially sexual relationships. Like they move very fast. I mean, Tariq already slept with Diana. So, I mean, you know, can we, 
that that's a very messy family. Like the Tahadas are very messy. Like how how is it that two like both Tariq and Effie break up, and both both uh Tahada siblings are sleeping with them immediately? Like that's that's kind of messy. Like for the family, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, because Kane, you know, Kane sleeping with Effie, Diana sleeping with Tariq, like almost immediately. It's like, yeah, that's it's kind of so- weird. <laughs> So you're just saying that the all all the Tahadas have been getting some action, including Drew for most of the season. So yeah, that's what it is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That explains why Mary Monet is so miserable because no one's there for her. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. She, she, she ain't got Remember, no one she, to get. Was... Yeah, go ahead. I was saying she was smiling when Dante was around. <laughs> yeah, she. You could tell she really loved him. She didn't love Lorenzo, but yeah, um, yeah. She she needs to get herself a man now. You know, I guess. So, you know, Tariq, bad. Watch out. She she might like the young the young boys. You know, so he, he needs to watch out. They've been getting close. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. But yeah, um, the Harders they're a messy family. That's all I got to say on that. Um, so the Rico, this is the third takeaway. Um, I feel like the Rico case is really falling apart now. Um, so it's very dependent on what Effie says at this point. And I feel like Effie's the type of character who's, who's ride or die and not going to say anything. Um, she might have a beef with Tariq, but I, I think that she, um, she's so like street smart that she's probably not going to say anything. So they're going to have a tough time trying to, trying to break her, I think. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to send Davis McLean to represent her. I don't know, but um, yeah, the, the Rico case is looking a little shaky now, especially with this whole sugar thing that happened. That doesn't look good. Um, Diana is, is already out. So yeah, they're gonna have to um now the sacks thing that could um you know depending how they how they deal with that, you know, um that could maybe um be brought back into play and in, into the Rico case if they find a way to tie it tie it all up. Um I know we know that they they're they're already looking at Davis. They want him as like the consigliere of uh the, the organization and stuff. So they might try to like say that, you know, it was um he he was involved in setting up Sax's murder or something like that. So um but yeah, other than that, I'm 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 seeing the cracks in the Rico case at this moment. And I, I think Tariq has been pretty smart, so I think he he has a plan on how he could make it all fall apart. Um, you know, with the help of Davis McLean and probably Tate, you know, so We'll have to wait and see uh, where that goes. But those are my takeaways for this week. Um, And yeah, so now I'm going to hand the mic over to Miss Dana Abercrombie. So Dana, hit us with your takeaways. Hit me with your best shot. Okay. Um, Here's the thing. The episode was called Sacrifice. And... You know, basically, there was a lot of sacrifices that happened 
um, not only with this episode, but you can look at the whole season. And you can also argue with sex, which is the question I kind of wanted to ask everyone was, yes, he did die because of, you know, Theo killed him, particularly because of the AZ base being a snitch and, and being a CI. But I was wondering if this was just karma finally coming up and catching up to him because he's been shady since day one of the original power. So was this uh, just something that was just a matter of time? You know, um, while we may not have expected it to go down the way that it did, to me, it felt like it was something that was of natural order. Eventually, the karma is going to get to you. And it also felt like it was similar to um, Omar from The Wire. We all knew, you know, at any moment Omar could die, but no one thought it was going to be in that store by a kid. So that just shows, you know, if you keep continuing to play scandalous and dirty, it's going to eventually come up, you know, come for you. And the thing is, you may not know who it is, who's the one that's going to be pulling the trigger. So while I'm may I'm back and forth on whether or not whether or not I like the fact that Sack died, or even how he died, who killed him, but it was, you know, a means to a necessary evil, you could say. And, and this way, I feel the question that I asked from earlier in the episode is, should this show have its own theme song? Because now we've kind of gotten rid of all of the original baggage and including the people from the original Power series. So that's I, I really feel that this is a show that's finally severing ties from the original Power. And that includes the carryover, a carryover character of Sax. You know, Tasha and the, the the grandmother and the and the daughter, they're somewhere off yonder. Grandma makes her a couple of, you know, her appearances here and there, mostly just to be mean and miserable. But overall, because Tasha and Yaz are so far removed, I'm wondering, is this going to be like the final cutting of the cord process for Tariq. Um, so we'll wait and see. But going off with the whole sacrifice thing, a lot of people sacrificed a lot this episode. We had Tate, you know, she's basically, he told this woman, I am who I am. I like winning. I'm sorry. And she's like, well, you just lost me. And I think she expected some kind of grand gesture of no, baby, baby, please. But that wasn't the case at all. You know, he's, I like winning. Okay, bye-bye. So he sacrificed his opportunity at having, you know, that kind of perfect life thing um, come, you know, in, in, in this episode. Um, also with sacrifice, we obviously have to talk about Theo. He made a huge sacrifice. But the thing with me is why it didn't have a full impact we just got to know this character in literally, what, three scenes? I understand that Davis, obviously, it's very important to him. But in terms of, you know, his death, I didn't really feel anything. Um, it's unfortunate. He, he talked about, he, you know, he was in prison for basically 28 years. That's sad. And, and the fact that 
he was willing for his to die so that his brother could continue to not only you know live in freedom, but because if you looked at it, he was really he looked up to his brother. You know, he made it. He became the lawyer. He went to Columbia. So him sacrificing his life so that Davis can continue to be successful. That was a very sweet gesture. And the fact that I really didn't care about the character, I'm cool with him dying. Like, okay, cool. I do wonder how this will change Davis. You know, the, you know, it's it's very sad. You can say he is to blame because he told, obviously he didn't know what Theo was going to do. He did tell him, though, what was going on, which then has led to the events of Theo deciding to take things in his own hands and being the killer. But if you look at it this way, everyone was trying to kill Sax period you know why not have this be a character that is not connected with anyone so that the story can continue to move on because in the same again my same argument would be i would have liked a little chaos so by i wish they did have a character who was kind of more attached to the show that would have been really and if it was davis how does that change everything you know the fact that Tariq now knows that if you know if it was Davis that one had killed him, then how would that change the the dynamic of their relationship? You know, would Davis end up having to be like the errand boy and not being paid for what he's doing? So that would have been more interesting. But we got what we got. It is what it is. Boo. Um, with the sacrifice theme, I want to talk about Drew. Obviously, he he let other what he. How do I explain this? He sacrificed his moment of happiness, you know, in order to, from my understanding, it was Everett who broke up the relationship, right? No? That's correct. Yeah, it was. So it was, it was Everett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because remember that Drew was supposed to go, go, go with him, and then that was the night that he got jumped. Right. And he tried to tell him that, and he didn't want to hear any of that. So, yeah, it was Everett that said, no, I'm done. Game over. It was Everett, yeah. <laughs> so it was Everett who said that he was done. But, you know, you look at it, what, what Drew did say or basically confess was, you know, maybe it seemed like he wished he could have fought harder. I don't know. And in terms of that relationship, because Everett was so, like, stay away from me, ill. But at the same time, by losing Everett, he gained Gordo. But Gordo ended up betraying him, killed his dad, and then he had to kill Gordo, which led to the big crying thing. You know, so he lost a lot just by going with Gordo. And in that terms, he lost his dad. And you know, he's now carrying the weight of killing his his boyfriend, his cousin boyfriend. So that is a sacrifice right there. And then, you know, him always wanting to be in charge of everything. If you go back from previous, remember the whole Russians? So, you know, he's, he's sacrificed that as well. Um, also, I wanted to talk about, obviously, the, the Effie situation. Um, I liked how they originally set up Effie to take the fall for the drugs. And we kind of knew something was a little off, but we didn't know no. For me at first, I was like, oh, they're really getting rid of her. Jeez, they're going to blame her for basically everything. Until we saw that twist of, you know, oh, it was sugar the whole time. But I think with Effie, 
She obviously not killing Lauren. We all know came back to bite her. Also, it, she lost her relationship with Tariq. I gave the funny face because I don't like at all what happened between her and Kane. I was like, I to me, it was like, you're this strong woman who's like, you know, screw you. I don't need your money, but thank you for the money. Then that's it. But instead, that not that's not what happened in the end. It's like, are you sure you don't want me to pay me back? I'll pay you back. And then she sleeps with him, just unprovoked, which I just did not like. I didn't know if it was guilt because of what happened with Tariq. Um, but I just thought it was not. I hated that. So much. I wanted her to continue to be this strong woman who's like, I don't need nobody, but thank you for the money. You know, I think that is what initially attracts Kane to, you know, to Effie was that I don't need you. I'm strong, independent. And then you guys slept together. And so now what? And then you could tell, like, I'm not one of those girls who, you know, don't check up on me. And you're all girly and like, oh. I just didn't like it. I hated that whole thing. I hated the concept. I don't like it, but the sacrifice of one of what happened with the whole drug situation, then the Lauren thing finally catching up to her. It took Jenny an entire season to finally listen to Lauren. Because remember, she was saying since day one, it was Effie. And then Jenny was like, no, it's Tariq. Like, I don't, I never understood that argument of her just being straight up hard headed. Um, but, you know, Effie finally is going to be sacrificed in jail, you know, for I don't know how she's going to beat this unless Lauren completely backtracks and then they can't prove anything. But then Lauren has them out. So I just I'm pretty sure Lauren gave her testimony, basically throwing Effie, gave him say throw her under the bus. She said what was actually true. She tried to kill her. So that right there, um, that is a sacrifice. Now, the whole situation regarding the Ponzi scheme, um, it's really hard to be like, oh, anyone who, you know, I think it would be that corporate greed you sacrifice a lot for in, in order to partake in corporate greed. Um, by giving the money over to Weston Holdings, you think that it's going to accumulate something more. And in fact, it's all a big Ponzi scheme. So you could argue and say, oh, greed begets greed, and therefore you lost everything. Um, the fact that they thought that they was going to continue to hold on to the money when they were like, oh, we'll just blackmail you. And then that went to complete garbage poop once um, Kate found out. And obviously there's the black man who was there like, I've been looking into them for all these years. So clearly, you know, that to me just seemed like you're – you did a lot of dirty, and it's finally coming back to you. I also view sacrifice, you could also say, is another round of karma, because this is what happened as well. You know, you wanted to get more money, and now you not only have your money involved, but I believe Mo, that's why they were upset about the, the whole um, Mona situation, because the money is, she, they're trying to get the money for her. So that's another thing that's going to probably be something bigger later on. Like, all of the money is gone. And now you lost everyone's money. You have RSJ, you have Tariq, and you have the Tejadas. So, and this, if you look at it, they will all agree. You cannot say that you're a billionaire by doing something righteous all the time. You have to play dirty in the end 
in order to just become a billionaire. So I just think that that's probably karma just going up with, with everyone right there. And then kind of, I believe that was three, but I just want to kind of sneak in really quick that um, I thought that it was interesting with Sachs. Um, obviously he didn't know he was, he thought he was going to die. He knew he was going to die, but he just didn't know who was going to be the one to do it. Um, I thought it was really cute when he started, when he sent Tariq that voicemail. You can hear this, the, he was terrified in his voice. And so it made me wonder whether or not he was bluffing in terms of, you know, you, if I die, you'll lose the location of, of where, uh, you know, Tasha and Yaz are. So it just to me, it just seemed like it was one of those desperation calls because it was a desperation call. Um, that he was just trying to do everything that he thought in order to stay alive. So that obviously did not work out because then we ended up with Theo being the person in the car that I never imagined it would have been. Even though they kind of alluded to it, if you looked at it in the very beginning, there was a lot of foreshadowing within this episode. But um, yeah, that was to me was just, hilarious also and then lastly when Kane took off running I thought it was going to be a big scene when Kane saw um, Lauren in the car but he was kind of just hiding and then he took off running and I was like where are you running to are you going to go tell everyone I don't know but I thought overall it was very good it was hilarious Effie got arrested twice um, I liked it I have no complaints I again had no issues with uh, um what's his name, Method Man's acting, like he was screaming and yelling, have you ever been in South Street Seaport? It's very loud. There's helicopters all over the place. You have to yell too. You know, you have to be in the environment in order to understand. It's literally a bunch of helicopters taking off and landing. He, he gotta, and then on top of that, you know, this dude is about to kill a dude and then your life is about to shatter. You think at that moment because they're gonna come for you as well, so you would you would be yelling. I like everything that Method Man has been doing with his acting. I think he is top notch. I think he should open up the school and solely teach Mary J. Blige because he has a lot of wisdom he could bestow upon others. You know, and another thing with Mary really quickly was Monet. I love what she's with the boots and the whole outfit that she was working much better than what we saw on the Met Gala on Sunday. I just wanted to say that out there. Her boot game is unmatched. Seriously. The outfits were flowing. I wish that they dressed her, you know, instead of whoever dressed her for the Met Gala, because she was suffocating a little bit in that dress. The boots were amazing, but she was suffocating. That's it. I'm sorry. I ranked it. Oh, well, I, I didn't see that. Uh... A Met Gala outfit, but I'm you gotta to go see it. It's like blue lace with matching blue thigh high boots, and you know she gives a good thigh, and she know how to walk in somebody's boots. But the thing is, with the dress, it was it looked like it was a little bit too small, so it just wasn't fitting properly. One boob was up here, the other one was flat. I don't know if it was just the angle of the photos, but it it wasn't given what it what it should have gave. Oh well. I know your boy Kai would have liked it still, you know, but he, but he's dead now. So, <laughs> but um, no, nah, uh, excellent takeaways uh, as always. Uh, great observations, 
Um, and yeah, I agree. Method Man, he's doing amazing work. Oh, you had something else? And one more thing. I love the mind games that they played with Diana. Well, the, the mind games Diana was playing. In terms of us not knowing what, what is she going to flip on Monet? Because she had the opportunity to be like, screw you, mom. And like fully put it out there. And another thing I wanted to touch upon real quickly too was if you notice Monet, she wasn't upset. Like, oh my God, my daughter is arrested. Oh my goodness, my precious child. It was like, oh, she's going to tell everybody about me. It always seems back to her. This is why I don't, she is self-centered. She's selfish. She don't deserve any of those kids. And I hope they all leave her because she needs to just be miserable and alone by herself. So everything that Shaq said about Jen when he was like, oh, you know, this basically saying that this is over and all you have is just your ambition and your loneliness to comfort you. That's what Monet needs. She needs loneliness to comfort her because that's all she deserves. Your child is in prison. And the whole thing is, oh, she's going to tell on me. I don't like her. I don't like the character. Just crying. Okay, I'm done. Oh yeah, she's she's definitely uh, grimy and manipulative. Um, but uh, what I found funny was that one scene oh, where Di- Diana. Oh no, I'll, I'll let you go in a sec. But the the one thing I I found funny uh, was that one scene with Diana when she gets out of uh you know when she gets released with uh, Monet, and like she's like, oh, I, I want I want this and I want that. I want this. I want to go to a new school and all that stuff. And Monet's like man, shut up, and just <laughs> tells her, shut up, let's go home. Like, whatever. <laughs> you know, that was hilarious. But what was you going to say, Dana? <laughs> no, I was going to say this. The reason why I think Everett got with the, the boy with the white stripes, with the blue stripes, was simply because even though he looks like he stormed the Capitol, he looks at this moment to be unproblematic. So, I'm for their relationship. Be happy. Don't storm capital, but be happy. Oh yeah, white, white boy was ready to do something to Drew. You saw he had that are, energy are you for ready? a second. <laughs> we can take this outside, man. <laughs> but if you look at it, Everett looks like he's the same way too. <laughs> do they not? They look like they just, you know, that same cornballness. They go right with each other. See, Drew was too hard for him. That's why he was like, no, nah, I can't deal with this. I got to go upstate. And I think he probably used his gayness as like a shield to cover the fact that he just didn't want to be involved because their family was just a little too messy. Dead bodies, you know what I mean? Drug stuff. So that's why I think he went with Chad. Chad, to him, just seemed like they the same. And they can go vote for Trump together. Oh, well, okay. Uh, moving on swiftly. I don't want to go there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get to uh, the questions. You know, I have a few questions here that I'm going to ask. Um, so the, 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 the major one that I have to ask, you know, so... We know that Sachs, you know, one of the things he did before he uh, was murdered, he did call Tariq and told him, you know, you can't get rid of me because, you know, if you kill me, 
um, you know, the location of Tasha and your your uh, your sister is gone, you know, because I'm the only one that knows or whatever. So uh, the question, you know, I have, you know, with keeping that in mind, uh, but also what do you think is going to be the aftermath of um, Sax's death? And, you know, you can keep everything in mind. So, you know, Jenny Sullivan, what's her reaction going to be? You know, uh, what's Tariq's, you know, reaction going to be? We saw he was, you know, visibly disturbed. But what is he going to do next now? You know, um, what is Davis going to do? You know, because he lost his brother as well. So it's like, what what do you think that the whole aftermath of these two deaths is going to be, you know, moving forward into the next episode? So, uh, Rich, I'm going to let you go first. What, what do you think? Okay, that's a very good question. If I had to make a guess, I'm going to say that, well, two things. First and foremost, Tariq and Davis, they need to cover their tracks. They need to make sure that, because again, while what Data's point was that she made is that because they did not kill uh, Saks, you would think that they are there, they're not they're no longer being looked at looked looked upon as suspects. But the fact that Theo Rollins was Davis's brother, I could easily see Jenny be like, oh, well, he probably just put his brother up to this. So they're not fully in the clear. They have to work together to make sure that they obviously need to be careful, cover their tracks to make sure that uh, they have alibis. The other thing is that going back to the previous episode. Lauren is the one that told Tariq that Sachs was working with the feds. So I'm pretty sure she will be now be suspicious of Tariq because this entire time she has been basically, she's been listening to what he told her. Obviously she used his information about Effie to get her arrested. But I, if I'm Lauren now, I would be very suspicious of Tariq say that, well, there's some stuff that he made, obviously that he, he lied about some stuff and maybe he had something to do with taking out Sachs. So definitely not, um, they're not in the clear. There's still a lot to worry about. And the other thing I will also mention with Tariq is very interesting information regarding Sachs making that phone call because I feel like now Tariq is going to have to find out, maybe he will try to look into what information it is that Sachs has and how he can get access to that information uh, so that nothing, nothing bad happens. So obviously they already told us in this season that uh, Estelle, which is, you know, that's his grandmother. He basically sent her back with Tasha and Yaz. All right. So maybe we'll see Estelle again at some point. I mean, I think they, they told you that for a reason. So we have to see what happens. But ultimately, I just think at the end of the day, they're not in the clear because people were still going to suspect. And just like you said, Gary, I think that Jenny will definitely still be determined to take down everybody. Obviously, she had this relationship with Saks, right? But it's a very complicated relationship. And you saw them playing back and forth the entire season. She is going to feel responsible for him getting killed, though, because she did tell him in this episode, well, I can't protect you anymore. So I'm very curious to see what happens. But at the end of the day, nobody is in the clear regarding uh, Tariq as well as Davis. So I'm very curious to see what happens next. Oh yeah, no that 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 was a great point you made about uh Lauren because if if she hears this news about um Sax being killed, she knows that she was the one that told Tariq that you know uh Sax knew about everything, you know. So 
yeah, that that's very that's the interesting point there because that could influence her decision, you know, and how she's gonna um, approach the the case and testify and stuff. So that's a good point. And, and and since you made that point, let me go ahead and make this comment right now. Last week on this show, I said uh, I would not be surprised if uh, Effie doesn't make it out of this season. Well. Now I want to change my original uh, st statement and say I think that Lauren is the one that doesn't make it out of the season. Because the thing about it is this. She knows this information, like you just said. She can definitely say something or be swayed because she knows about what happened with Sachs to some degree. She suspects that Tariq was involved. So, But I kind of feel like now that Kane knows that Lauren is alive, and I had said this earlier when we started the season, something has to happen to either her or Effie, because Effie obviously, she now Effie knows that she's alive and she's basically confirmed that she tried to kill her. So I think something happens to one of those characters by the end of the season. I I, I mean, I, I don't know. Obviously, Effie has this thing going on now with Kane. We need to see where this goes because she is in custody now. But uh, I'm very curious to see what happens because I don't see both of those characters making out of this season. But let's see what happens because, again, I think uh, if something does happen to Lauren, then at that point, Tariq may have an issue with, you know, what ha whatever happens to her, especially if he has to do it himself, because the entire season, <clears throat> this is what Braden and Effie was, say, was, was suggesting. They did it. Effie says she did it because she didn't believe Tariq could do it. So um, we'll see what happens. But I, I kind of feel like Lauren is not safe, even though she is in, you know, in protective custody, so to speak. I don't think she's she's she's, she's all the way safe. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't that hard for Tariq to get to her, so, you know, <laughs> she, she's definitely not safe. And, you yeah. know, I could I could definitely see maybe Kane trying to take her out. Um, yeah. And if, if that happens, that will just solidify the bloody rivalry between Tariq and Kane that's kind of brewing right now. So, yeah. you know, that would be interesting. But, um, but Dana, what do you think is going to be the aftermath of um, sex, you know, sex is death. So, in regards to the Lauren situation, I just wanted to piggyback really quickly on <laughs> what was being said. I think that, yes, Kane wants to do it the most, but he's going to get Tariq to do it and force him to do it because one of two things, as you guys also stated, Effie say, stated that she couldn't kill Lauren, because Effie stated that she had to kill Lauren because Tariq basically wasn't man enough to do it. And again, this has to be his opportunity to kill her, you know, and Kane is already fuming with anger. So I think it'll be one of those situations where like Kane puts the gun to Tariq's head until, you know, and then Lauren's right there and he has to kill her. Or you could say, you know, Kane goes to kill her and Tariq jumps in and is like, I'll do it. You know, I think this has to be his moment to shine because Effie, you know, didn't lie. He couldn't do it. You know, he wanted her to run to another state. And there was no guarantee she wouldn't stop talking. And if you look at it, she's kind of nosy anyway, and she looks like somebody who'll talk. So, and what did she do? Talk. That's how we got this whole Rico case. But yeah, she has to go, and it has to be by Tariq, because this is just raggedy at this point. I, I don't like it. 
Um, so, sorry, another thing. Oh, we can't hear you. can't hear you right now for some reason. Yeah. Is it just me? Or, oh. Can you hear our Rich? I think. Can you hear me? Something. Can yeah, anyone hear me? Yeah, we hear you now. Go oh, ahead. so sorry. I don't know what happened with that there. But, um, so that is, uh, in regards to, um, you know, the brother being dead, it easily looks like, oh, he had nothing to live for. You just told me about the whole cancer situation, you know, what was the hepatitis situation and the treatments. And it failed because you can easily call up the medical examiner people and they can connect to the hospital. You know, oh, it failed. So therefore, that would just be even a more greater opportunity for Davis to tell his brother to kill him. So I think that the, the, the scope of what they're, they're going to be looking at in terms of Davis is going to be even more closer. I think they're going to examine every single move that he does from this point out. Um, Jen is vengeful, you know, and I, I genuinely think that despite the fact that they can't stand each other, they love each other. And I think she loves him. And the fact that he's now dead and gone, I think she's going to be even more full of rage and she's going to come after everyone even harder in order to get justice for Sachs. So that right there is, 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 a, is a poop. And the thing also is Davis is involved in everything. He's involved in everyone's business. So that, you know, makes it even more of a problem when it comes to um, the Tejadas. How is, you know, uh, Tariq moving? Braden, because Braden is connected to Tariq. So this whole circle that we've been watching will have an even closer scope on them now. Um, the whole Lauren situation, no, yeah, Lauren, um, she may you know, also be in trouble because it's like, where did, did Tariq get this information from? So I wonder what's going to happen to her. And say if she is released and she does live, what happens? Does she just go off into the, disappear into the dust? I think it'll be, as a fan, as a watcher, something needs to happen to that character. And I'm not necessarily saying death. It's just in general, something needs to happen to this character because you put us through all of this for the whole season. You had her locked away where we saw her, you know, would just turn a can of Spam. So I think that her sacrifice or her actions have to mean something at the end of the day. And I don't know what that, what's that going to look like on her, with her. Um, but to me, just overall, I think she just served the purpose of the Rico case and she, she can, I don't know, maybe she'll die too. Um, the show hasn't given, we gave us bodies, but it hasn't given us a lot of bodies. I want some more bodies. Um, so basically I think that is, is what's going to happen in terms of the whole sax thing. And I wanted to say something really quickly in regards to, um, now that if sax is, now that sax is dead, uh, um, Tariq doesn't have the location of his family. That's not true because remember, he was always in contact with grandma. And one thing he said to grandma is, I'll catch up with you. 
So I think if he was to speak to grandma again, send a text message, grandma would give the address. I don't see that being a big thing. Um, just because remember, she was able to remember, she has a schedule where she comes every week to the gravesite and she lays down the flowers. Hi, grandma. Let's go see mom and little sister. So I don't really think that it was that big of a deal. I don't think the thing is that Sax didn't know that Tariq was still in contact with grandma. So that right there, he already knows the address and he can get the location because she's not someone who ever said, I'm not going to tell you nothing because you bring death upon the family. She didn't say that. She said you bring death upon the family, but you know, you're supposed to be here with me and we're supposed to meet up with Tasha and yeah. So yeah. She'll, she'll tell them. That, that's not an issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, he could, he could, uh, he could, there, there's ways he can find out uh, their location for sure. Um, and yeah, um, I, I agree with what you guys was, was saying. Um, I do think somebody else major has to die, like between Effie and Lauren. Cause um, the thing is with, well, I don't know. There's a few ways it can go, but I do think that the Rico has to collapse completely for us to still have a show, you know, um, cause it's very boring if the Rico is successful and everyone's locked up, you know? So, um, I do think that Rico is going to fall apart and it's just a matter of how that happens, you know, do, you know, who, who's going to die or who's going to flip, you know, something's going to happen in the next two episodes, I think, uh, and you know, I I could see maybe Lauren dying, but um, the the only thing with that is, you know, they tried they tried to do it once already. You know, it's like, are they gonna go in that direction again? I mean, I guess they could because it's gonna obviously hurt Tariq, like, and they wanna they wanna put strain on the main character. But um, you know, they tried to do that one time already. So go ahead, Rich. Uh, I, I just will make a comment and say I do agree that they tried to do it already, but I, I do want to say this. I know from the moment that we saw Lauren and Tariq as a couple, you kind of felt like this was sort of like the Angela ghost relationship. This is somebody who he went after. So I think it would be a very interesting twist if he has to actually kill her. Because if you remember in the original Power, Ghost was going to have to try to kill Angela. It didn't happen, right? Never happened. So I kind of feel like if it does happen, that'll be a hell of a twist because it, 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 someone, someone, you know, like you said, Kane could do it. And yeah, that could be how you explain now this whole thing between Kane and Tariq. But I kind of feel like if Tariq has to do it, the character does change again to, you know, he continues to evolve and become the person that he's uh, supposed to become. So I want to see how they handle that. But I do agree with what you said, Gary, uh, in order for the Rico to, to fall over, she does have to go down because she knows a lot of information uh, unless somebody else is, is another target. But I kind of feel like she's the one that's most important right now. So we have to see how they handle that. Yeah. So, so like there's, there's one scenario where I feel like it would be good if Tariq kills uh, Lauren, like if, if it's like Kane forces him to like, I won't respect that. But if he, if he just decides to do it on his own, like, like it was his plan all along. And that like solidifies him as 
ghost successor because it's like your 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 um like we all know uh ghost's mistake was that he loved angela like that was his biggest weakness right so if if Tariq then manages to kill his biggest weakness and like just take her out like that would solidify him as okay he is the new ghost so if, if they do it like that where he he's not actually forced to do it but like he just decides this is the best thing for me to do and i'm going to do it because she is a weakness then i think that's the best way that you know they could do that uh i agree i want to go to dana next uh yeah, but let yeah, me just go make, ahead, dana. Let, yeah yeah let me just make one quick comment though and let me just say this is that i agree with what you said uh but i, I mean, but I, I will also add that um as far as this thing with Tariq is concerned in 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 in, in lauren um Actually, go ahead, Dana, because I had the thought it, it escaped my mind for a second. It, it'll come right back, but go ahead. No, I was going to say quickly that this is technically Braden's fault. And remember, um, it was um, Kane who almost killed Braden because he did, you know, he owes him a body, essentially. And you could argue, I know this sounds weird, what if Braden was to actually be the successor? in terms of ghosts. Remember, to me, it seems like Tariq and Brayden have been switching places. And we've seen that a lot with this season. What if for this moment, not saying forever for the entirety of the show, he ends up becoming that successor to ghosts in terms of he's making, he's smart. He knows how to make all these different moves. Uh, the only time that we really saw him crack was like when he came to Tariq and was like, what do we do now? in terms of, you know, the Ponzi scheme situation. You help me figure this out. Um, but he has been stepping up. He came up with all these plans. The only thing is that he can't seem to actually kill people. And I think once he masters that or gets a taste of that, it, it could help form him as a better, I don't want to say a better person, but a better well-rounded individual within the power universe you know it, it raises him more and his confidence level is it will be even more so and he stated this is not something that he did because he was bored it was something that he enjoys doing you know he feels like he belongs he feels smart for once so what if it's it's him that actually finally kills lauren because it was his all his fault the entire time um even though technically you say it's Tariq, but still the fact is Brayden didn't kill her. And so this one makes up for the body that he owes um, Kane. And also it solidifies him as more as the power position. So, and again, he, even though the Westerns, are, so their name is not very good right now in terms of, you know, what it is, he could probably, again, you could say that, oh, he was already arrested and, you know, we had that whole drug thing. But if you look at privilege, chances after chances after chances after chances. So he may could be able to be the one who get, gets away with it the most solely because of that privilege. We've seen it multiple times. One of the guys now is the headline of, of the, one of the biggest movies that's about to come out. And everyone's saying, well, once you see the movie, you'll forget his crimes. So, you know, <laughs> that's just how privilege works. Yep. We can forgive someone. So I might just be him. 
I think uh, that's a very excellent point. I was going to say two things. I did. I do. I do recall what I was going to say, but I'll, I'll say that in a minute. But as far as Braden is concerned, I just will make a comment and say, whenever Braden had these conversations in the episode, where he has to tell the other person something bad, and then the way he responds is funny. Like in this episode, he tells Tariq about the uh, the Ponzi scheme, and then Tariq is like, "Yeah, this is bad." He says, "No, I, I don't want you to. I, I don't want you to agree. With, you're not. You're not supposed to agree with me on this." It's just I, I find it very funny how when he has these conversations, and then of course when he, in the previous episode when he told Lucas, "This is what I found. This is the Ponzi scheme," and then he says, "Oh, you're right." He says, "No, I didn't want to be right." I mean, I find that stuff funny because I just I just wanted to give a shout out to Giovanni. That's the actor's name. But the comment that I was going to make is that this entire season, in in terms of Tariq and Lauren, they have told us that Jenny is very careless. She doesn't know that Lauren has been talking to Tariq this entire time. That's why I say it makes sense if Tariq did take did take did have to take her out because she doesn't know that Tariq has been getting any of this information from Lauren for some reason. So, uh, and like you said, Gary, it's very easy that they they Tariq was able to easily contact Lauren, meet up with her right before she had to, to talk with, with with the authorities as well. So that's why I say. Um, We'll see what happens, but uh, Tariq or uh, Braden taking out Lauren, I can see that happening, and and, and that probably needs to happen by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, and and did you was that the thing you were gonna say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'll go ahead, Dana. So I was wondering between Ashley and Lauren, who deserves to die more? I mean, they're both terrible <laughs> in a way, but but Effie, you know, she's more been more. You could say she's been more. I don't know what the terminology would be. Down. She's she's supported them more, but at the same time, that was never Lauren's lane. I mean, and and yeah, technically, he was going to kill her because she knows too much. But then again, she is responsible for this whole Rico. Yep. So, who deserves to die more? I'm I'm gonna go with Effie because because with Lauren, she, like you said, Lauren didn't choose this life. Like, um, and the rules of the streets are civilians are off limits, or that's what it's supposed to be, you know. And Lauren is a civilian, so she's supposed to snitch. She's supposed to tell what she saw because she is a civilian and she's not in the streets. Um, Effie, you know, she she hasn't told per se but she's she's done some things that you know to to mess with Tariq so that would justify him you know wanting to clap back at her or whatever and and, and at the current moment she's in a very vulnerable position because she's locked up now so um yeah go ahead Rich so is it possible to say that they can both get taken out because we know now that Effie is building something with Kane. So obviously, whether she gets arrested or killed, I kind of think Kane would feel pretty bad about that. And then on the flip side of that, Lauren obviously has information that that incriminates Kane. So listen, it, it will be very interesting if uh, Kane decided to take it upon himself to take out, uh, you know, Lauren because Tariq failed to do it. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to go. But I, I I do think that's a very good question. Uh, 
I'm just saying one of them is, is probably not going to make it out of this season, but it, that'll be a hell of a shocker if, if they both get taken out. That'll be very interesting, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know how I was upset that Effie slept with Kane, and I'm like, no, and you're giving him the googly eyes. What if that was a power play? I'm going to make you feel something, you know, to get closer to you because I know you could kill me. But it might be harder to kill me if I make you feel that there's a relationship there. Yeah. And and and, and, and be, by the way, yeah. and by the way, that, that I like that theory. And by the way, she does have uh, the motive to do so because um, it just it just it just makes it makes perfect sense to me. Because yeah, she yeah, because because I know when we we talked about before what would happen when Kane finds out that Lauren is alive, would he go after Effie or would he go after Brayden? So obviously, uh, Effie has got arrested in this episode, so he can't really go after Effie. So I guess we'll have to see what happens next. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, great, great uh, discussion there, by the way. Uh, even the follow-up questions you asked, Dana, that was great. But um, let's uh, talk about somebody else now. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, this is uh, going to be an interesting one um, for us to discuss. Uh, but your boy Drew, your boy Drew went viral <laughs> on YouTube's. <laughs> On the YouTubes, he went viral. He had a viral video with Everett. And um, Evelyn happened to see this, you know, uh, well, uh, first it was Gordo's brother who saw it. And then he showed Evelyn and, you know, Drew contradicted everything he said earlier, where he said, you know, everything with Gordo was fine. Uh, now in the video, he's saying, you know, he lost uh, Gordo or whatever, you know, so we can assume that Evelyn and the C Castillos are going to um, question Drew in the next episode. You know, we can assume that. Um, so how do you think that's going to go? Because we know Drew straight up killed Gordo. So, you know, what, what is his reaction going to be to being questioned by them? Like, what is he going to do in that situation? Because if, if he, you know, he, he can't tell them, that he's dead because like it, it'll, it's lo it's most likely going to lead to a war, you know, um, is a war unavoidable at this point, you know, between the, the Tejadas and the Castillos? Like, what do you guys think about that? Um, so I'm going to go to you first, Dana. What, what do you think about that? What do you think is, is going to happen when they question Drew? Okay. So yeah, he's in a pickle. He's, he's in all the pickle juice right now. Um, because it was such a open display of his feelings. And it basically said, you know, he lied to them, saying it was all good. And then he's crying and moping all over the place. So you can put two and two together that if he's probably dead, dude's missing and he's crying all over the place. So he, he knows exactly what happened. Um, and he's not having to just contend with the mom, it's the whole family, all the brothers who never liked him, by the way. Remember, they kept voting against him. Um, so it, you could argue that it, it could be a war. And it was already warish because of the relationship between Monet and uh, Eve Evelyn. So the thing is, is that 
I don't think the mothers can protect them this time around at all. And the fact that you came after her son, she, you know, it's all right if you kill the dad, cool. But that's her son that came from her. So we're looking at, at war at this moment. And Drew just seems to be a character who just keeps getting himself into trouble and starting unnecessary wars. Um, so he's in trouble, you can you can argue. Unless, you know, I think the whole family saw the video. The, the, the Tejadas saw the video as well. Unless they can come together and devise a plan, I I think it's going to be a war. There's no conversation that you can have with this one because Evelyn said, you know, that's my son. So it has to be a war at this point. And that's what we're going to just probably get. And it was brewing for a while. And plus, you, you know, this is why you don't go with cousin brothers. Just just don't do that. It, it, it's too much complications. Everyone's all news already each other. So I don't I don't like it. Also, on top of that, where's the body? So I think one of two things. Where's the body? I, I did not see any burial because remember, they don't know where he's at. We did not see them get rid of the body once he got shot in the shower. So who's to say that Jenny or, or one of the other ones, you know, a nosy jogger that we've seen from the first episode who discovered Lauren's car, Who's to say we're not going to get a jogger come past and see the body? So therefore, that involves the police. And then you have them warring with each other. And the police is already trying to open RICO cases. So it just looks like a hot mess. So unless you just figure out a way to outsmart the other one, there's going to be a war. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's pretty unavoidable. Uh, at this point, there has to be a war. Um, and like I said, the Tejadas, they're, they're, they're reckless with, with the bedroom, man. Like, Kane in bed with Effie, Diana in bed with Tariq, like, after their breakup, like, and now this, like, you know, they, they've always got some kind of, some weird, you know, kind of drama coming from their uh, entanglements, you know. Uh-oh. That's that word. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> no, this would actually be the entanglement. It makes it worse because it's the cousin brother. So yeah. 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 And um if there's one person, well, things got messy with Lorenzo, but I feel like there was a point where uh the Castillos kind of respected him, you know, before they knew that he took out, you know, their father. Um and well, they were told. Think, they didn't. They find out. Oh yeah, it was told. But I, I feel like he's the only one that could have like resolved this. At this point, I think it's, it has to be war because just yep. the simple fact that Drew lied about, um, you know, Gordo things with Gordo being okay, he withheld information. And Evelyn is a mother, which means she's worrying out of her mind right now. Like, like once, once my mom can't like. Once I don't answer the phone one time, my mom is like going out of her mind, like, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. So, you know, Evelyn can't get hold of Gordo at all. So I know that she's being torn apart inside. So the fact that Drew just like withheld information, that's, you know, already um, grounds for her to go to go crazy on him. So, yeah, I I really want to see what's going to happen next week uh, because um. 
yeah, this this is going to get messy. It's going to get messy. Um, And Kane is probably going to have to, like, help um, Drew in some way, maybe bail him out. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, he's got himself into something here. But, Rich, what do you think about this? What do you think uh, is going to happen once, you know, the Castillos confront uh, Drew and, and ask him what's going on with Gordo? Uh, I definitely think that war is coming. Uh, they've already told us in this show that the brothers don't like Drew, especially when you start mix, mixing business and pleasure with their other brother, you know, because they made a big deal about that in the previous episode when they were talking about, we want that 50-50 cut now. And of course, Drew had to leave so that uh, Gordo could negotiate something better. So I kind of feel like there will definitely be war. Um, what I would like to see in the next episode, however, is the Tejada family finding this same video and making mention of the fact as well, so that they are well aware. Oh, now we know what, what, what you know. Now, now you know if something happens, then they're going to know the context as to why the Castillos feel a certain type of way. So hopefully, we will get that because it will make sense as far from a writing standpoint for them to also find the video if it went viral, so to speak. But uh, we'll see about that. But um, but overall, um, this is not good for Drew. Uh, he's going to have to, at some point, answer for this. And because he is a hothead, and now if he gets confronted in the next episode, and he is by himself, hey, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe the character will get taken out. You never know. But uh, we have to wait and see what happens. I, I don't kind, I don't feel like anything's going to happen with him quite yet. But uh, I am looking forward to seeing what happens once they have that next confrontation, because it is going to happen for sure next week, I believe, definitely going to happen at that point. But we'll see what happens. So to me, overall, Drew is more of a liability. You know, he's all <laughs> over the place. He's reckless. Uh, so for me, I think he has to die the most. Oh. He has to. Like, he's starting random wars. He's not listening to anyone. He's ego-tripping. He's crying over the dude. It's not like the dude's dead. It's like the relationship is over with. No, his other dude that he went and slept with, he's dead. But why would you get involved? He told you to not get involved with him in that whole situation. And he did it anyway. So it just comes to the point where he's just hard-headed. He's hard-headed. He's probably jealous. Remember, he started off the episode a little jealous of Kane. Well, Kane was technically jealous at him. But the thing is with Kane, Kane never lied. Kane saw something in Drew that just wasn't all legged. It's not all there. And he it, it turned out he's not all there. And this spiraling effect is helping no one at this situation. So I'm good if they just kill him off. Like, you're doing nothing. Everything that you do is just raggedy and tacky. And now it's in public when you breaking down and crying all over the place and people are recording you and you confessing to murders online. Yeah. Yeah. He has to go. He he definitely is a loose cannon. Uh, I, I I do agree. He needs to, at some point get taken out. Um, we'll see if that happens, but, uh, well, now would be a good time because like season three would be worse. Well, yeah. Well, hey, we got we got a few episodes left, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But one one thing I will say though, to to go to your point, you say uh, he is a loose cannon. I'm still waiting for that evidence that the Russians killed Lorenzo, which we're not going huh. to get. So yes, he is a loose cannon. <laughs> He's a loose cannon, and he's not smart. 
He was smart, but that's gone. <laughs> He's acting like, remember Scarface? At the end, when he was completely paranoid and going completely yep. crazy, he's going getting a bit scarfacey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's getting scarfacey. And what happened? He died. So I'm good with him dying. He took everyone out, yeah. but still, he died. You know, when they asked him, "What we gonna do? We're going to war." So yeah, that's probably what's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, um, I agree. He's uh, he's he's acting a little shaky. He's delusional. He's uh, emotional, you know. So I feel like uh, you know, if there is a, a, a Tahada that needs to go, I I yeah, I definitely vote Drew uh, personally. But um, <laughs> we'll see. I, I I don't think uh, I don't think it, they're they're gonna let this character go yet because uh, he he's like the. Remember how Tariq was annoying in original power and everyone wanted him to die? Like Drew is kinda like that now. So um I don't I don't think they're gonna, you know, let him die um just yet. But uh let, let's get to um another question here, right? Um and then we'll get final thoughts. So um we know that Noma and Obi, they aren't really around in every episode. Um, they come and go, you know. Um, but the whole show kind of revolves around them a little bit because it's the whole they're, they're the whole motivation for for why they're selling drugs at the moment, right? Now this Rico, this Rico, like now that they're making busts, this is about to blow up heavy. Like there, there's no way that Noma and Obi can't start hearing about this Rico if they're making busts at this point. So it's like. I think it's only a matter of time before they would hear about it, right? So um, the question I want to ask is, what? how do you think they would react if they started hearing about, you know, all these busts? Because first Diana got busted, then, um, you know, then Effie. Like, at some point, I feel like, you know, this news is going to start to get to them. Like, they're going to start hearing about all of this. And... Um, that, you know, what would you think their reaction is going to be at that point? Like, are they going to be um, upset that, you know, the, the the main people selling their drugs are kind of like under investigation, involved in a RICO and everything like that? Or do you think they could offer some assistance in any way? So, um, Rich, what's your thoughts about that? Well, I personally feel that Noma, as a person that is in a position of power, she should also have some powerful friends, whether it be people that work in law enforcement, FBI, or whatever, because even Mecca was an informant. So that's what I'm thinking, is that she should know, she should be able, if something was to happen, she should be able to control the situation or have people that are under her control that they can make sure this situation is, doesn't escalate any further. But again, the problem is, Gary, she has been spending a lot of time over in your hometown so therefore, you know, we probably will not see, hey, hey, listen, if we see her in the next episode, that'll be awesome. But I, I think more than likely what is going to happen in the finale episode, all right, they're going to have a scene where Monet goes back to the warehouse and all of a sudden Noma shows up. So we get our showdown between Noma and uh, Monet. That's probably what's going to happen because they have been spending the entire season building up Monet as somebody who is now power hungry she will do whatever she wants to get her way so 
that probably will happen at some point. Maybe it won't happen in the season finale, but it is going to happen before this show is over with because those two characters, it feels like they're on a collision course. Uh, so it's going to happen. But to answer the question, I kind of feel like Noma, if she's in a position of power, and she is powerful, right? She has to have some friends. So they can easily observe this situation and make it go away. But again, we have to see that because we haven't seen that on the show yet as far as Noma is concerned, having connections like that. So maybe we'll get some answers on that soon. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they have someone on the inside or something, you know, planted on the inside. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be an interesting twist. But um, Dana, what what do you think is going to be uh, Noma and Obi's reaction to the Rico, you know, once they start to hear about it? Well, Richard made a really good point because if you look at overall, all of the, the problems that they had for this season seems to magically disappear. You know, the sack situation. Oh, here's Theo. Uh, the the Russian war. Oh, Jen, another one just happened to be in the church the whole time. We arrested them. So uh, you could say, you know, off camera somewhere, I, I got people that take care of that. And then, you know, they dropped the Rico case. Some, you know, FBI agent swarms in. Jen's all like, what's going on? What's going on? Blanca's all like, I don't understand, you know. And so they just swarm in and close down the entire investigation. And then Laura's just left to fend for herself. Um, but yeah, you could just say that, you know, she'll make, a, she'll make a call. She has connections. You know, she knows some billionaires. We still don't know what happened with the daughter. There are whole storylines that they just dropped. What's going on with the daughter situation? That doesn't really seem like it matters at this point. Um, so, yeah. Um, the fact that the dude is dead. What's going on there? We don't know anything about Noma. She came in with a bang and then just randomly went back to England like she was Mary Poppins or something. So um, you could say that. But what I would like to see is that they can't solve this Rico case at this moment. Something else happened in regards to she can't solve it. Neither can Obi. But this ends up becoming, you know, more of a demand or more angry that she has towards them. And I do want the Monet, um, Mona situation because remember she was a fiance and that just seemed to be like a random fact in order to get the ring. And then all her to to lead up to what's happened with Dante, but she was the fiance and I still want my showdown. We again, don't know anything about her. We don't, sorry, that was me. Lord, it's a biscuit. Okay. So, yeah, we don't know anything about that. See, that was the ghost of Noma trying to beat me down. Um, but I don't I don't know what's going to happen with them. Like, I, I don't know what their purpose would be unless it's just to randomly bibbidi-bobbidi-boo this situation away. Because they've been gone for so long. It's not like we even have a, a thing that's involved. Or you could argue and say that they caught a whiff of what's happening and they fled and they're just never coming back. I mean, if you have a Rico case that could be building up to you, that could be connected to you eventually, they didn't even connect Noma. You know, like a random picture? Like, who's this girl? We didn't even get that. So they've just been completely under the radar. I don't even know if they're coming back at this point. If there's a Rico thing that's popping off, would you even come back? I don't think so. I don't know. 
So maybe it's to kill Lauren at this point and then make it go away. I, the, I just will make a comment. Those are great points. I, what I will say about the Rico is that uh, what what we do know is that I don't know if Tariq would would tell this information to Obi or Noma because they probably wouldn't want to kill him because then the attention would shift to them as a, who killed this Tariq St. Patrick kid. So that's why I said it's a it's a tricky situation to determine. But I do agree, she has been missing from the show for far too long. And I know they do this thing where she only shows up when something major happens or some major revelation happens in an episode. Like, because the last time we saw her, that was when they said, oh, yeah, she has a daughter now. But you see, uh, I don't know. But I, I'm pretty sure she's going to be in one of the next two episodes, if not the next two episodes. She has to at some point because there's way too much stuff happening that they need to be monitoring to make sure business is still running smoothly. Yeah, I agree. And and I, I I agree with Dana as well. Like I feel like there's so many um storylines still to tie up, to wrap up, that I feel like uh Noma Noma might actually show up in episode eight or nine, I don't know, but I feel like either way the the Noma storyline is gonna carry on to into the next season. I, I feel like like I, I think she's the new Lobos and that she's gonna be around for a while. Um I just don't see that story wrapping up in the next two episodes, like because there's so much going on and there's so much that needs to be kind of tied up. So yeah, I feel like Noma Noma and Obi are here to stay for a little while. Um and yeah, like, you know, I do feel like Noma's got connections. Uh, she Maybe she can shut down this Rico for, for Tariq, you know, if it gets too real. Like, you know, maybe uh, Buckingham Palace will call uh, Julie Sullivan's office or something and be like, oh, we need you to to, to drop the, the Rico on that black chap. Uh, please drop that Rico. <laughs> you know, maybe that will happen. <laughs> so... I mean, if that if that is the case, also, then it's it's the Rico case that they have against them, um, and it's a lot of the it's just a lot of what happens. I'm wondering with the Weston situation because Ponzi schemes are not local; this is international. So I'm wondering if they can talk to someone, as you were saying, in Buckingham Palace. You know, get those money. They, they, they're people. Yeah, they're. You know, I can't do the accent, but get the, get the. You know, figure out a way to get the money back to them. I wonder if that could do something. I don't. I don't know. I know that Monet was able to easily walk into the grounds and speak to Lucas. So I'm pretty sure. Noma has a wee bit more intimidating tactics. Maybe a kidnapping would help, you know, something that's a bit more threatening, something that feels more ominous because her money is also involved. And the last thing you want, I think, as even if I'm doing my Ponzi schemes, is there are certain people you just don't steal from. And that would be the big drug cartel people of the Druglandia. So, for me, I think she needs to step up with that as well. Because this is how it direct it, everything directly involves her, 
But that really, really involves her. And her whole thing was about my money. You know, you're going to give me back my money. So she needs her money. So figure this out. Do something. To me, it's just like they've done nothing. And that, to me, is so frustrating with everything. You come in here with such big, bad presence. And then you just disappear. And it's like, we need you to, your character needs to mean something in order to stay on the show. And just throwing pictures of, you know, here's grandma and here's Effie or whomever it was. That's cute. What else you got? Like, do something meaningful. And if you have all these pictures, then you have already done the background information of everything that's been involved. Intimidate someone. Just, I just want them to prove to me why these characters are on the show aside from just setting up things. Like, that's just me in general. I need you to mean something to me aside from setting up. We need you right now. And they disappeared when we need them the most. This Superman would never do this because we need Superman and he would come. So be a captain, save hope, save somebody. <laughs> I agree. Um, now, here's a question for you both. As far as uh, the season finale episode uh, in Noma, whether or not she will be involved in the next two episodes, how would y'all feel if there is an encounter between Noma and Monet, and it's at the very end of the episode, left as a cliffhanger for you to wonder what's going to happen next season? Would you be excited for that, or will you be disappointed if that was the direction that they decide to go? Wait, say it again, Rich. Say it, say it one more time. So I'm saying if in the season finale, at the very end of the episode, they have a confrontation between uh, Monet and Noma. Maybe it's like some violent confrontation and then something happens and then it just cuts and then that's that's <laughs> they, leave it, they leave it on a cliffhanger. Now, would you as a viewer be satisfied with that ending or would you be disappointed and be like, oh, I got to wait now until whenever this writer's strike is over and they are able to continue writing episodes that now um, I'm able to watch the show now? How would y'all feel if that was the case? Uh, you want to go first, Dana? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say what I would physically do because I'm pretty sure that's illegal, but I will say this. <laughs> I would be very disappointed. There will be a long hour long rant about this show because this is so corny. I hate cliffhangers like it. It feels soap opery. You know what I mean? And to me, it felt like you threw away the episode. And that would sound that to me would be something that you would do during a writer's strike. And from my understanding, the episodes are already written. So be smart. Um, I would hate that. It's cheap. It's corny. You know, it's something that, you know, you would think of when you're like 10 years old writing a story. Oh, and it's going to shock the audience, mommy. You know, no, don't do that. Um, I know everyone wants this big Monet, um, uh, Noma situation showdown. I don't even know if they're going to deliver us that. Forget it, hit cliffhanger. I don't even know if they're going to deliver us that. I mean, we expected a lot more when it came to um, Saks, and you saw how he went out. <laughs> so I just, I, oh, that gives me nightmares, a cliffhanger. But I would want, here's the thing. I would rather them have to team up 
because they have this RICO case against them, because of the whole Ponzi scheme, you can hate each other, but it's a necessary evil. Give me what they gave me during the how to get away with murder scandal crossover. Everybody thought they was going to be chummy chummy. They hated each other with a passion. They could not stand each other. They read each other to filth, but they needed each other in order to do the case. So that's what I want. I want, I can't stand you, your mama ho, you know, arguing, maybe some fighting. Obi has to get in between them, but they have to work together in order to get to this case. And then later on, we can try to kill each other. That to me would be more beneficial as opposed to a cliffhanger. You know, if, if you're going to introduce these characters, I just need, I need, I need a scene. I need a conversation. I need something. Even if Noma walks into the house and with Monet just sitting at the kitchen randomly. And then they, they, they talk out the whole situation of what's going on. And they are very angry at each other. You know, she got her family involved in this situation. And then from Noma's standpoint, you was with my, my fiance. And why is your raggedy kids sitting up there in my fiance's home, the penthouse? What happened to the penthouse? Because I don't think anyone else returned back to the penthouse. Let's take that. I don't know. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, give me that and then we can have a showdown later. But do not ever give me a cliffhanger. That is just ridiculous. Especially for a finale. No. Yeah. So... So with what you described, Richard, um, as that cliffhanger, I would be disappointed uh, as well because um, mainly because, you know, this Tariq is supposed to be the main character in this show. So um, whatever the ending is, it has to be something that revolves around this character in particular. Now, um, it's... It's quite obvious that it's a harder family is, you know, they're, they're kind of the main attraction in this show, uh, to be honest with you. Like, they are the most interesting thing in the show. Uh, people say that Kane could be the main character. So I, I understand why uh, a Tahada scene could be the cliffhanger or whatever. But I feel like that is a problem if it is the case, because Tariq is supposed to be, you know, the root of this. So you should try to instead end on a cliffhanger that directly uh, impacts or involves Tariq, I think, um, you know, so that, 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 that's my thing. I, I agree. And, and that's why I'm going to stick to the prediction that Tariq kills Lauren and have the season in that way. That'll be a fantastic way to end the season. <laughs> that would be powerful. That would be a powerful ending. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so before we for I get in trouble, uh, let's uh, get to final thoughts um, now, and we, we we can each go around and uh, give our final thoughts. Um, uh, you know anything that we didn't touch on so far. So um, I'll go first, I guess. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Sorry, I'm just going through my notes here. Um, I kind of already said it, but yeah, I, my, my, my thing was going to be, um, I don't feel like Effie is going to snitch. I think she's going to stand tall. 
Um, I don't think she's going to, you know, say anything uh, that will put them in a worse state. Um, throughout the, the the series, she's kind of shown that she does have street smarts and stuff. And although she kind of has kept secrets from Tariq and stuff, and she has shown like an independent streak, I don't feel like she is in her character to kind of, um, you know, snitch to 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 reduce her own uh uh you know case or anything like that her own verdict or and, and sentencing and stuff so i feel like she's gonna um stand tall and not snitch uh, i mean you see this is the same person who didn't want to accept you know money from kane for her tuition and stuff so i feel like you know she's she's not gonna talk um i am curious if davis mclean is gonna represent her um, because, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I don't even know if she'll want to be represented by him because she knows that, you know, Tariq is close with him. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I then wonder if they would bring in, you know, some new kind of lawyer or something of that nature um, to represent her, if that's the case. But, yeah, um, I, I don't, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking, uh, my, my prediction is that Effie is not going to snitch. I don't think she's going to snitch. Even though the, the actress on Twitter said something along the lines of, um, you know, no matter what happens, don't hate me or whatever. Like she says something like that on Twitter. I don't think this is going to be what she does. I don't think she's she's going out like a snitch. Um, so that's my uh, final thought. Um, how about you, Dana? Any final thoughts? It could be anything. Okay, so what's interesting also, we didn't bring up Kiki. Um, Kiki is one of the people who, who knows about obviously what's going on, and she's checking in on Brayden to make sure Brayden doesn't do anything crazy. I think everyone's acting out of fear within this situation. I wonder what happens to Kiki just overall if the Ponzi scheme, because we, we know people do know about the Ponzi scheme, and because of that twist, soon the government will know about the Ponzi scheme. So I do wonder what's going to happen to Kiki in regards to that situation. Also, um, I I feel that um, we didn't talk about the donor list um, that Tate has. You know, you know, the reason why they broke up is because it's full of crooks. I wonder if Tate is going to be able to use that to his leverage because, you know, he, he lost his money. He Well, no, he didn't lose his money. He knows what's going to He's the one who found out what happened with the whole Ponzi scheme situation. And so I wonder how he's going to use that to his leverage or more importantly, how they're going to use that to their leverage. Because here's the thing, when you're donating to a politician and especially when you are donating a lot and you are of higher means and and power and recognition, it's pay for play. So I wonder how Tate is now going to be involved with this Ponzi scheme in terms of is he going to make sure certain people are okay? I don't know whether or not that that involves the Westons because Lucas gave him the money. So I wonder if he's going to now be working for Weston. You know what I mean? Because they essentially, they paid him a lot. You pay a congressperson or assumed to be congressperson for leverage. That's the whole reason why 
a majority of those billionaires and millionaires donate is for power. It's all pay for play. So I wonder what would Tate have to sacrifice? Ooh, see how I did that? Now that he accepted the money, because remember, the girl told him, you know, it's not right. They're, they're you know, it's, it's immoral. So I wonder how that's going to come back to him and what he's going to have to do and whether or not this will cost him the race because politics came, people don't like that. Look what happened with Bernie Madoff. Nobody liked that. So that's another thing there that's interesting. Um, then the campaign donation, he might lose the trial, not the trial, the whole campaign because of this, or he could win. We never know. Um, so another thing also that I wanted to mention was the fact that, um, oh, that seems to be cut and dry. I wonder if whether or not, we already talked about Drew and how, what's that going to, to lead, you know, what, what that could lead to his possible death or demise. I wonder what's next in terms of Drew. I mean, he's spiraling, he's losing his control. The family are, is basically seeing him spiral even more. And now he basically said, I murdered that guy. Unless you know what, what's really going on, you know, with the family, they know that he's basically dead. So I wonder what's next for Drew. He's all the way at the bottom. Is he going to continue to steep even lower? I know I said that it would be best if he would die because I don't know if he can redeem himself right now. I, what exactly can he do to redeem himself, not just as a person, but within the family and the fact that there could be an impending war happen? Or an investigation, because again, where's the body? I don't know where this where Gordo's body is. So who's to say if they was to find the body, and then you, as you as the police person, and this has gone viral, so that looks like circumstantial evidence to me, maybe. So is now the police involved? Are you going to go to jail? I want to know what's going to happen with his case. So that just seems to be like the, the major ones right there. I just want some answers on. And now that sex is dead. I already stated that grandma clearly would just know the location. But here's the issue. And this goes back to season one. Sax has dirt on everyone. And he knew that he could die, which is why he made those calls. Took the call to Tariq, right? Basically saying, you know, I, I know where grandma and everyone else is. So... <clears throat> If you think you're going to die and you have information, and he's also, remember, he's went after ghosts and he's always been after Tariq, would you find a way to reveal everything in order for you to get the last haha out of this? Yo, you killed me, but I know things that you've been hiding in secret that I could easily go to the police to. So I wonder... If Saks, because of the paranoia that he was when he called Tariq and he knows he was going to die, I wonder if there's more leverage than, you know, I, ha I know your location of grandma and the rest of the family. What else could be up his sleeve? Because if you look at, for example, when Ghost died, okay, he's dead. But remember what happened at the end, how he still had a chokehold on everyone, including Tariq? You have to go to school and graduate in order to get the money. So 
I wonder if Sachs is that smart because he's playing in a very dangerous game from the very beginning. He's been shady. So does he have preparation plans for that? So I don't know how that's going to happen, but I hope that it's not like a boom, he's gone situation because he played such a vital role in the power series that I hope that they would have a better way to end his, his death. Oh, you, you want the Sachs legacy to continue. Okay. Here's the thing, because he's such a vital, I'm like, I'm legit sad that he's gone. I get it, but I'm sad. But I just want you to have the, you got taken out by basically Pookie. You know, random Pookie that just happened to have a connection to David. So it was, it was a, a bit more, you know, connected than say when Omar died. But you got taken out by the dude's random brother that you lied for. And that's another thing. Remember the thing that Davis was really worried about was the fact that Sachs lied to get him out, so therefore he has all the power? So I wonder if he could say something or reveal how the brother got out. Obviously, he didn't think that the brother would kill himself, but he has he could have information on Davis as well. You know what I mean? So I'm just wondering, because Davis said that line of, Oh, he has. Inf he was the one who got the brother out, so he, he, you know, it could be a blowback for him. I wonder if we're gonna get that that back of blow. I would appreciate that because you can't have a character who's technically so powerful who knew everyone's secrets, and then just have him die die. Something has to happen for me. So I'm wondering what happens then with Davis McLean. And that situation, because it's not like, oh, no, my brother is dead. He killed Sachs. My brother got out of parole because we bribed a judge. And the judge is shady. If if there's an invest, because again, Jen, when she she's full, remember, he said, you're full of ambition, but you're going to die alone. So all that ambition, she's going to figure out with the judge and then Theo, and then she could come after the judge. And that's charges right there. The judge, he'll easily squeal. So it could blow back on Davis. Even though Sack said, oh, I'll take control of this. He's Davis's brother, who's a, who's a lawyer. So it's easy to make that connection. So give me something. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll, uh, there's going to be some, some uh, blowback or some um aftermath to Sax's death for sure, I think. And like you said, I do I, I do believe he probably had some plans, um, you know, or some some kind of backup, you know, uh, because he did know a lot of secrets. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But um Richard, did you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Oh no, I think you both said a lot of things that I, I agree with. We just have to wait and see what happens. I did enjoy this episode. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what happens. However, I do believe that there is a break coming up. So uh, I don't know if we're going to get a episode uh, for sure next week. Uh, you know, stars has to always take at least a one week break. So we'll see. But in any event, I can't wait to see what happens in the next episode. <laughs> Yeah, same here. The, things are really heating up, and I think it's only going to get better from here. So 
Um, I, I cannot wait to, to see what's next uh, in the series. But yeah, this was a great episode. Um, great ending and everything. Can't wait to see what what the people think. So please do leave your comments. Let us know what you thought of this episode. And um, yeah, there may be a break next week. Um, so, you know, if, uh, if there is, we'll be back the following week with episode nine recap. Um, so yeah, be mindful of that. But until then, uh, you know, that is going to be it for us today. So uh, everybody take care of yourselves. Have a good week or maybe two weeks, you know, depending on when we see you again. But um, yeah, everyone stay healthy. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you soon. Peace out, everyone.